start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. What's going on, guys? Tom's being an idiot, so sorry about the laughter. Um, another episode, and this one is... We got two things we're touching on tonight. One very special thing. Uh, tonight marks our three-year anniversary of podcasting, so we're very, very excited about that, and we're very thankful for all the guys and gals that have stuck with us the last three years. If you haven't been around the whole time, we appreciate you tuning in now. So hopefully we're around for another three years for you. Yeah, and I'm just very proud of us three on the consistency we've held out in the last three years. Yeah, um, and I'm very proud of Nick especially because he does you. like everything for this. Has yeah. Nick ever not? I know he's sat out of podcasts. He's, he's always here. I have, yeah, I've been. So he's never one, missed an episode. No. He's the only one that knows how to run the computer. So, <laughs> like, if I had to miss a week, like that's basically what happens. Like, if I can't podcast, we don't podcast. Correct. Um, that was like that one time where you were in the hospital. You got out of the hospital just in enough time to podcast yes. and then back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's how dedicated he is. Yeah, I, I remember like, because that was honestly one of the biggest things I was worried about. We're going to miss a week. <laughs> well, yeah, because like obviously like I don't – we discussed what was going on, but I know in live time nobody like – that listens to the podcast or so yeah, yeah nobody knew what was going on with me at that time yeah so it was like i came out of the hospital we recorded a podcast shot a turkey shot a turkey the next day and then it was right back, back in the hospital like it was literally like i, I did everything i had to and then went right back in yeah <laughs> probably a, actually kind of i checked myself out like i wasn't even cleared mm-hmm. to leave he yeah. said i got a podcast to record i'll be <laughs> back in two you days <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was against every single doctor's recommendation that I leave. And I was like, you had shit mm. to do, though. I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. But so, we're, we're very thankful so I put, to have you around. I put my Nick. life on the line to make sure you guys had an episode every week. Every week. Haven't missed a week in three years. We had, yeah, we have had. We a, were late once, but that, was, that wasn't our totally fault. Nick's fault. I guess you could blame me. I will. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've had one every single week. Um, and um, like I said, Tom said we had a couple late ones, but mm-hmm. that's that's it. So sorry, I'm, I'm just gonna say it because people are probably wondering what's going on here. Um, we we do have Frank's old pup in the studio, and she's bouncing a lacrosse ball around. So, but racquetball, rack, yeah, yeah, it is a racquetball. Um, yeah, Nick can't stay keep his game face on and stay focused with a dog running around. So no. it was the bouncing ball, and I could hear it. Yeah. On the mile, I was like, yeah, we got to figure out that. <laughs> um, so that's gone. Um, you see, you don't get that on every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's yeah. one of the benefits of recording a live podcast. Yeah. It's not, we, we don't. It's do it live. a live podcast. It's recorded live. live. 
Yeah. Released, not live. Yeah. That's one thing. So while we're talking about three years, um, I've been looking into it heavily, trying to do a live podcast. We've been um, talking about this for a long time. We have. Um, I am interested to hear from the listeners if that's something they would even want. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is going to cost a little bit of startup to get us going on that. We already have the camera. You need three. Ah. Um, <laughs> Nuts and bolts. <laughs> yeah, so like the pro- you, really you almost need, you need like no. You need like for it to be the production that I want it to be, you need a camera for every person on. Yeah. Um so it's something I'm willing to dive into, but I do want to make sure that it's something our listeners want. Yeah, so before if, we drop a bunch of money. Yeah, so if if that's something you guys do want for Tom's sake, please leave it in the comments. Um, Thank you. But yeah, that's even if it's not like live, it's it would be a video podcast at that but point I mean, yeah, instead we, of just audio. Yeah, I guess yeah. Let us know if you want the video aspect of it, or you know, and or live. Yeah, because yeah. we'd be willing to do either one. It's totally unscripted. So basically, what you guys hear published is ninety nine point nine percent what you're going to get live. Yeah. Very few edits have ever been done on this podcast. Yeah, very very few. Um, mainly because we don't know how. <laughs> I still feel like uh I mean three years into this, I still don't feel like I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um I've had multiple inquiries about starting podcasts and I every time I'm like, mm, I don't really know how to mm-hmm. do it. They're like, Well you do one like every week. I'm like, Yeah, but That doesn't mean I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I've like, had a couple people ask me, they're like, I oh, you do a podcast. I'm like, I do. They're like, Well, how did you start? I'm like, what do you do? I'm like I don't know. You got the wrong guy. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I know like the rough idea of how to get it started. And like, I know what you have to do. I don't know how, how to, to do that. To how to execute that. <laughs> yeah. I'll explain to you how to do it, but then you're on your own. <laughs> I, feel, I, I literally feel the same way and I'm the one that set up most of it. Yeah. Uh, like I handle like the podcasting end of things. Frank does like the finances and all that kind of thing i do all the content you're a little lacking this year but we're gonna get into it later in this episode yeah the smidge um, of content that tom provides yeah <laughs> hey usually i will admit tom usually is tom gets it. me and tom I, do the heavy lifting. i would have had the best content ever if i could have got nick out of the house and on stand with me for this one particular hunt but He's like, oh, it's cold. I'm not going. I'm like, typical Nick. You got to film for me. Wouldn't do it. Content would have been unreal. Hmm. What do you do? Mm. Crickets over there, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Left me speechless. Uh, so three years behind us, Tom, in the rearview mirror. Looking back, top. What are your like favorite three episodes we've done? Well, three years, three episodes. I like yeah. it. Uh, totally planned. I got to go back to my roots with who is White Cat. Number one. This is the first one. I, <laughs> that was a fun one to do. It, it is, was. Sounds it's terrible. It's actually the second episode we did. What was the first one? The one I deleted because I didn't know how to, like, I oh. accidentally deleted. Uh, <laughs> so, like, it wasn't the the first podcast ever. Never. Uh, never saw the light of day. The air. Yeah. Deleted almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was actually when we switched um, platforms on like what we do our recording with. Because mm-hmm. I had to blame it on something. 
<laughs> so Ocean Audio, you guys uh, lost a customer because of that, because of my incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of like that one just because it tells us or tells you who we are, what we're about. Um, and then I, I'm going to wrap a group of podcasts into one, the host hot seats. I was going to say that one too. Those this were is fun. from way back when, because that kind of breaks down each individual host and tells, you know, the listeners what gets them outside. We should maybe do another one of those <laughs> <laughs> instead of, because I'm pretty sure those are episodes like two, three, four, and five. They're very early. I think, I think, yeah, we, I'm pretty sure we did them like every other. Yeah. So it wasn't just like, maybe, I don't know. We probably, I think it was every other. Yeah. But But now that we have a little experience podcasting, (laughs) a little bit better interviewing skills. Yeah. Yeah. Might be time to revamp those. I don't know if I'll be able to come up with as clever of a name as the host hot seat. That was clever. That was very clever. And then my favorite individual podcast that we've done. Over the past three years, I I think this is a repeat. I might have already said this before, but I'm gonna have to say the uh, North American Grand Slam with Jeb Belise. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was top tier quality mm-hmm. podcasting right there. Yeah, um, I listened to. A I lot did of, like the the guys from Man Buck or Man Cave Man Buck. Bu- Man, Buck. <laughs> yeah, Man, Man Bear Pig. Man Cave Buck. No, that was a fun episode too. That that was just good, clean family fun. That was that guy was a good time. Um, yeah, like I listen to a lot of hunting podcasts and I don't think I've ever heard from a guy that has that North American super slam. No, I never Um, have. So that it was, that was a really, well, there's not a lot of people that have it. No, mainly because financially it's very unattainable for most people. people. And usually the, the type of people that do, I shouldn't say type, but like Usually Class. it's like the older generation of people that are getting it done and they're not into like podcasting. They don't even know what it, podcasting is. We had to explain yeah. to Jeb exactly what was going on. It's like, yeah. it's like a radio show. <laughs> um, yeah, but he so, had a great time. Yeah, he did. And we should get him we're, back we're, on to talk just a little more. to say that we're about due to talk to him again. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. I Your like, rattlesnake hunting buddy, that was another good one. Yeah. Oh, John yeah, John Royer. Royer. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, a lot of good episodes in the last three years. There has been. Speaking of rattlesnakes, um, this is a totally just an aside, and I am doing it because someone told me to because they were making fun of me. Uh, Jake Gaffner, you remember yep. you guys? Yep. He came rattlesnake hunting with yeah, us, got his first buddy. snake with us this year. I saw him the other day, and uh, I asked him if he got his snake done, and I totally – I've been meaning to ask him if he got his it all skinned out and done and everything, but I kept forgetting, and I finally asked him. He's like, why didn't you just shout it out on the podcast? So this is me. Shouting it out on the podcast. So he refused to answer you and said you had to <laughs> shout it out. Jake, we need answers, buddy. Yeah. Leave it in the comments. Yeah. The, the rattlesnake talk got me thinking of that. No, it's, it sounds like he's coming back again this year. Yeah, um, that'd be nice. That was, that's another thing that I love about the podcast. We meet different people. Like, we probably would have met him anyway, but like. I don't think we would have developed like the friendship we did yeah through like hunting yeah and I, I don't know if he would have gotten into rattlesnake hunting or maybe he would have but it's just cool that you talk to people that have listened to the podcast and they're like you are a reason that i wanted to get into doing whatever yeah. it was and that's it's, yeah, a, it's a, a good feeling too. 
yeah, it's it's cool meeting people through the podcast. Like yeah, this. you um, make great friends out our, of it. Our buddies over at Deers and Beers. Uh, yeah, those Kyle guys Ryan, are great. Great, those are just great some dudes. Dudes being bros, right there. Yeah, they yeah. are. I saw, they, they just posted <laughs> the other day, um, like everything they killed in the 2022 season, and they, I mean, they definitely put a hurting on does, but they also put like a case of bush light in the mix of like all the That's photos. That's hilarious. It just made me. They're smile. a good time. They just yeah. like having fun. We we should bring them back on too, because like it's been a long time since we had them on. Like it, that was I was in Alaska when they were on, so I didn't even get to talk to them. Yeah, so we should definitely bring them back on. Um, now that we kind of have a little bit better idea of what we're doing, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was a fun episode with them. We've got better audio quality for out of town guests. Yeah, um, which I think that episode probably suffered. Um, but yeah, so those are Tom's top three. Frank, what are top three in three years? The host hot seats are definitely up there. They were, it was just fun to talk about and help everyone get to know who we are. And yeah, it was, it was a good time. And I think, it was, I think it's you're just right. stupid and funny. And it's probably time to refresh those just because I have a feeling <laughs> a lot of people that have joined us in along the way, very few, I bet, started at the beginning. I mm. hope they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I feel so weird when, uh, like, people ask about the podcast. I'm like, oh, you do a podcast? Like, oh, what Start it? about episode yeah. 100. I'm, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm right. like, don't start at the beginning. It's shit back there. Don't, yeah, don't even worry about hooked. that. I always, I honestly, my, I, like, when somebody asks me about the podcast, I send them to Jeb's episode first. Yeah. I'm like, that's, like, home run episode there, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that one first. probably is my all-time favorite episode. That was the most fun because I got to spend a little bit of time with him, and I was really bummed that I, when I left Alaska that I didn't get to talk to him more about that. And I did end up getting his contact information, so I was like, we have to make this happen because not only for our listeners, but I really wanted to hear all yeah, about it. Totally and selfish reason. It was, it was very <laughs> selfish. <laughs> But yeah, that was hands down my favorite episode for sure. And an episode where I like really learned a lot um, about like what we do every day, whitetail hunting. Mike Perry was phenomenal. He yeah. was very, very insightful on a lot of things and made he might he like said a lot of things that I like had already like implemented, but it made me think about why I do certain things. Because a lot of stuff you just do because... Somebody told you or you watched whether, somebody else. Either that or you just like accidentally learn something when you're in the woods and, and like something happens and you're like, you just notice it and just kind of roll with it, but mm-hmm. don't ever like lock it away. Like this happened here for this reason. And talking to him, he said a couple things and I thought back and I was like, you know, that makes perfect sense to what I've observed before. And now I have... A reason to back up why I'm seeing this. Yeah, but he was just a very, very smart guy and next level when it comes to whitetail hunting. And obviously, that's the bulk of our content is whitetail hunting. So to get someone that's that insightful about stuff is always a good time. Yeah. Um. So I like I for my top three, I was kind of. I'm I'm definitely two out of the three have already been mentioned. Um, one being Jeb Belize. I, I don't, that episode is going to be That's tough. That's top tier. Top, yeah. yeah. Um, that was, I want to have him back on because I think out of 29 animals, we talked about two or three Yeah. and every story just seems to get crazier. Mm-hmm. Like 
this guy has had some serious adventures. Yeah. Um, and it just, I, I think we recorded for a couple hours with him and it was still like, not even close to enough. Yeah. I was like, I, we have to do this again. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to see his, his, uh, trophy room. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have listened to that episode or not. Go check that out. But this dude's trophy room is like Cabela's quality. Yeah. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> um, so that's probably number one. Um, number t- So that was like my favorite episode to record. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite episode that like what I learned a lot from, definitely Mike Perry. Um, that guy just eats, sleeps, and breathes whitetails. And yeah. There was so many different things. Um that he had, like you said, he said, and like one of the big things, like watching does with mm-hmm. your cameras, like that to me was like, holy crap. You know, you know, you don't really think about it. I don't know how many times we used to just fast forward through doe pictures. Yeah. And, you just click as um, fast, doe, 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 yeah. who cares? Um, but I mean, we started using like, just trying to figure out, okay, they're coming from this direction. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the main thing I picked up from that is like seeing which way does are accessing cameras. Um, and then uh, his comment with Tom about um, breaking down that there really isn't any such thing as like buck betting and doe betting. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think I, I've always felt that, but there's so many people online that talk about how, oh, this is buck betting. This is doe betting. They're two separate things. You know, mm-hmm. you've got the boys room and the girls room. And I never really witnessed that myself. Yeah. Um, but you hear so much about it. But to talk to like a, a high level guy like Mike Mm -hmm. and have him explain that like, Hey, you know, this is what I've observed. I'm like, Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Now Mm -hmm. I don't feel so dumb when people start talking about it. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't don't see that. I don't really agree with you, man. Like, yeah. So like that was really cool to have somebody like him break that down. Mm -hmm. Um, I I like his theory of, you know, bucks bed where they want to bed, does bed where they want to bed. It's your job to figure out where those places are. Yeah. Um, And hunting your comfort zone too, finding the type of hunting you like Mm -hmm. and sticking to it. He likes swamp hunting. So he, he finds properties that are swampy. Yeah. You know, instead he knows how to hunt swamps. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool concept. And that's something I've learned with turkey hunting, especially we do a lot of out of state turkey hunting. That's totally different from what I'm used to here. Like I've gotten really good at hunting Turkey and farmland. Yeah. I suck at hill country turkeys. Mm -hmm. Um, mainly I've done it three times and I have not killed a bird, (laughs) but farm country birds, I kill one almost every year. So it's like, that's like hunting your strengths, Mm -hmm. I think is a really important thing that it isn't talked about. Yeah. As much. Yeah. Um, most people just talk about the destination, the animal that they want to kill. Well, that, and they're like, this is a high, like this area is where a lot of people kill deer. Like I know we do it all the time when we're looking at like counties that we want to go to, like in Ohio, like this one had a high harvest last yep. year or whatever, but, and we still look at maps and like find things, but it, de- it definitely pays off to find your comfort zone within that you know yeah. all of it's important but to find where you know how to hunt yeah and I, I think one of the biggest things too is like recently hunting on public has gotten like really cool mm-hmm. you, like so people will ditch what they know to go hunt public to say they hunt on public and i know that public can be farmland it can be hill country yeah it, it can be, be anything but people are just like oh i gotta hunt public because that's what that's the cool the, guys are doing now mm-hmm. i know that that's not my mm-hmm. thing i am very comfortable with the style of buck hunting I do, I don't, there's no reason for me to go and venture into public. And yeah. when I 
have success on these farmland pieces that I hunt. And I don't own all of them. You know, I, I, yeah. I have several free for free permission properties that I go to, um, but they're all farmland. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm not comfortable in swamps. I know that there's big deer in swamps, but I'm not comfortable there yet. Yeah. You know, and I don't have as much interest to do it because I like farmland. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, number three, um, I've, I've been trying to like think of what my number three is going to be. And it's been really tough. Um, but in terms of like good stories and something that really interests me, um, was probably, um, the Zelina episode, uh, with the sheep. Um, yeah. So it's a classic that and it, Josh, Josh likes talking. Josh so. <laughs> is a great storyteller. Um, he is really good about getting all the details into a story, but also keeping you intrigued. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I was not bored for a second on that story. Um, I, and sheep is, that's like the epitome for me. Mm-hmm. I want to kill a sheep in the worst way. It's what I want to do. Like, I would, I would be, I could die a happy man after I get a sheep. Yeah. Um, so talking to Josh about, and firsthand, somebody that I know personally that has gone out there and done it and portrays the experience so well, mm-hmm. um, was probably, you know, that's in the top three for me as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a heck of a three years. I've yeah. been having a great time with it. It'd be it. sad to wrap it up after this episode. Yeah. Last <laughs> one ever. You guys are, this is all you get. No, we'll keep it rolling. As long as we get a few downloads here and there, we'll keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no it's fun. I actually enjoy it. I don't know about you guys. But it brings I, us all together every week. Get to talk about yeah. stuff that we love. So Recycle old stock of beer. You know, yeah, keep, exactly. Keep Very moving. important. Yeah. So um, thanks. Yeah, I know we've said it before, but thanks again, guys, for sticking around for three years. And, you know, if you joined us along the way, thanks for stopping by. Um but uh, we got some other fish to fry here tonight. Um, Tom, Tom, Tom's Tom, getting a look on his face. Yeah. He's feeling some some type um, of way. So if you're not into muzzleloader hunting, flintlock specifically. Say, why don't you um, narrow it down a little bit? Yeah, flintlock, flintlock. specifically. Um, there's nothing easy about it. Um, In my opinion, Tom and I were talking about this the other day. I definitely think flintlocking is the hardest method to kill a deer with. Yeah. That's why they turn your buck tag into a doe tag as well. Yeah. It's definitely harder than archery. Yeah. Um, I I would agree with that. I think there's some people that will disagree, but I don't really care. Uh, Like I said, they don't don't make your buck tag be an either sex tag in archery season. They do it in muzzleloader. Yeah. Because it's harder. Yeah. And you know the bow is going to go off every single time. Yeah, exactly. That flintlock? Who knows? So You don't know if it's going to go off, when it's going to come off. (laughs) So... Tommy, I'm gonna to turn the the uh, the spotlight over to you. You've uh, you've been quite the man with the muzzleloader. Yeah, you've done it a few times. Yeah, and very recently. Very recently. So are we turning this into a deer camp series? I, I guess now it's deer camp series. Well, there you have it, folks. Lay it on us, Tom. So our late flintlock season runs from the day after Christmas, 26th, until sometime mid late. January. Mm-hmm. You have to double check my dates. I don't remember the exact date, but it's like the, I think it's the 16th or something. I think it is the 16th sounds right. So, it was the day after Christmas. I woke up and it was I think a warm 9 degrees. 
<laughs> you said warm, and I was like, I don't think it was, but a warm nine. It's a dry heat. I, was yeah. like, I, I don't even think it was a warm nine. I think it was pretty windy that well, day. the sun was out, though. <laughs> <laughs> and first light, you know, me and my dad, we go out to the farm. We get on stand. And I seen a handful of deer. Um, one buck wasn't legal. And all of the does that I had within range. What are your standards with a muzzleloader in your hand for bucks? So I got a buck on camera after rifle season, but before muzzleloader. So in that couple week break that has the same characteristics as a giant we had the first year my dad bought the farm. And by giant, I mean, it was mainframe 10. He had a couple split tines and some kickers. I don't recall exactly how many points he had total, but it was a lot. And he was probably, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, somewhere in the mid-150s. I, I was, I was going to say mid to upper 150s, tickling 160. That's kind of where I was at with yeah. it, too. He was it a was stud. Kind of, it was tough to tell being in velvet, but you can tell. You know, If you look at enough pictures of deer, mm-hmm. you can tell where it was. It was a giant. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately... That buck got poached. Um, Confirmed poached. Like that yes. wasn't, he just disappeared. We got pictures of his head on a tailgate. <laughs> yeah. So talk about, a, talk about a kick in the nuts. Yeah. So I got trail cam photos of this buck and he's a mainframe eight. I, I think he's only a two year old based on his mass and body size and shape. Um, but he's got two kickers identical to what this other buck had Mm -hmm. and i'm like i think that's the same gene pool Mm -hmm. so had i saw that buck i would not have shot him because it's it's muzzleloader season now if i don't shoot him 99 percent chance he's gonna live he's gonna make it and i would love to see what that buck looks like at three and a half or four and a half Mm -hmm. so he was off limits um but we had a couple other i had one really big seven point uh, that I would have loved to smoke. He was nice and tall, um, probably 17, 18 inches wide, heavy, uh, and then a couple, you know, basket eights. My my goal, I wanted to shoot, you know, like 8.16 inches wide was mm-hmm. kind of my benchmark. Um, but that's really all that one buck was, was an 8.16 inches wide, but he had two had, kickers mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah you could tell that he was about to turn into something yeah. yeah he just had that potential and knowing what we've had on the property in the like two years ago mm-hmm. you know it, it, there's a good chance that that was you know like you said from the same gene pool and might get something spectacular out of him you know it's hoping he blows up and get a good look at him this fall yeah so i was gonna shoot a doe and i was gonna shoot you know like the first Decent. decent buck that I had an opportunity at. Well, first morning, I never saw a legal buck. Any doe that came in was small. Mm-hmm. So, and being that it was, like I said, nine degrees, I made it till about 930 in the morning. And <laughs> I <little> was chilly. <laughs> frozen. And my dad texted me. He's like, how long did you plan on hunting? And I'm like, you know what that text means? Yeah, <laughs> that means I've been ready to go for a half hour. I'm just trying to tough it out as long as you want. So I throw it back to him. I'm down for whatever. What are you thinking? <laughs> and he said, like I'm women about- deciding when they, yeah. where they want to eat. He said, I'm about ready. And I said, good, me too. So he walked over and 
we went back home, warmed up a bit, and put a game plan together for the evening sit. And this time of year, it gets dark about, I think, like 525 or something in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we were, days are starting to get longer now. Yeah, we weren't real eager to get back on stand because I think it had warmed, warmed up in the afternoon to about 12 degrees. Um, so you could drop the jacket. Yeah. So me and my dad are like, yeah. 3.30 seems like probably a pretty good time That's to get the prime on, time. Get on stand. You don't want to get bored sitting in there. You want to get in there a few minutes before the action starts. Yeah. So I, and I, I get this you know, thought that you know, it's late in the season. All the deer I saw in the morning were kind of walking on pins and needles. They're, they're spooked. They're pressured. Um, so I'm like, well, we got this stand. We call it the swamp stand. It's right in the middle of this swamp. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really clever name. Yeah. So I'm like, they, they got, and just from years hunting in the past, the, the deer, they just live there. Um, they feel safe in there. So that's where I decided to hunt. And I climb on stand about 3.30. And on the platform of my stand, there's a good six inches of snow. And I'm like, all right, no, no big deal. Just kick this off. So I try kicking it off, and about three inches of powder is removed. And now I'm left with, like, four or five inches of thick crust. And anytime, <laughs> Nice and quiet. Yeah, anytime I move or shift my weight, stand up, it, it's like a herd of elephants is running Total through the woods. Stealth Standing on bubble wrap. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is beautiful. I'm not going to see a damn thing. And... About four o'clock, I see two deer, two doe, come right across the the very northern end of the swamp, which is probably 150 yards, which too far for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, maybe they're not totally spooked out of here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm standing there making a bunch of noise, just having a good time. <laughs> and just happy to be out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Warm as could be. And... Out of the corner of my eye, I catch this deer moving out of the tops, coming right down to the swamp. I'm like, that, just looking through the tree, I'm like, that looks like a good-sized deer. Couldn't tell whether or not it was a buck or a doe. So this mystery deer gets like 20 yards from the edge of the swamp and stops. And where it stopped, I could not see it. I'm like, I know it's right there. I know it's right there, but I can't see what it is. So I'm standing there for what feels like five minutes, and this deer does not move. I'm like, I know it's right there. I better just get into position. So I'm standing. I have my gun leaned up, and I grab my gun, shuffle my feet around, sit down. Quietly. Yeah, make yeah. a shit ton of noise. <laughs> I'm like, this is perfect. But I didn't see, like, a head turn or a tail flick or something. I'm like, all right didn't spook. She has no idea. Clueless. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so now I'm sitting down. I got my gun up in the window. I think this deer is going to come into and I'm ready. And about two minutes goes by and I see a tail flick and it starts walking. And now I can see its head. I'm like, okay, this, this is big mature doe. Yeah. I'm going to smoke her. So she walks into my clearing. I pull my hammer back and I give her the old Matt, and doesn't she stop and look right at me? I'm like, oh, done. You're done. Textbook. You're done. I pull my set trigger, and now I got a, a hair trigger. You think about pulling the trigger, 
and his gun goes off. So every time, every time, <laughs> yeah, 60% of the time it works every time. <laughs> so set triggers pulled deer stopped. My iron sights are right on her. I pull the trigger. My hammer flies forward. Sparks fly smoke and no shot. I'm like, Oh, son of a bitch. So now she's staring right at me. I'm like, <laughs> now what? And she starts doing that classic thing where a doe, like, they put their head down like they're going to feed, then they pop up real quick. Quick head fake. Yeah. I love it. That cracks me up. Yeah. She starts stomping. I'm like, she's about to bust out of here. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, this is either going to make her bust out right now, or I'm going to get another shot. So I reach up, crank my hammer back, close my flash pan cover, pull my set trigger, and she's still standing there trying to figure me out. Mm -hmm. All right. She obviously wants the smoke. Yeah. So in classic muzzleloader fashion, I pull the trigger a second time, and doesn't that baby go off right away? Not a boy. And I shot. She was actually facing me, and I put it, you know, dead center of the chest. And I shot, and she lurched real hard and started running. And she actually started going uphill, which made me a little bit nervous. And she started doing a somersault, and I'm like, oh. She's toast. Well, didn't yeah. you say one leg just like Well, locked? yeah, one leg just like locked right up. I'm like, did I just hit this thing in the leg? Mm -hmm. And turns out, no, I didn't. But. <laughs> turns out, pumped right in the heart. Yeah. And I guess sometimes if you take a 50 caliber lead ball to the heart, it might lock something up. <laughs> but yeah, she didn't go more than 40 yards. I seen her pile up. And then, let me tell you, the phone lines were hot. <laughs> Snapchatting, texting, calling, got one down with the flintlock. It was just a good old time. And Nick wasn't there filming. No, I told how awesome would that have been? That would, you would have got the full muzzleloader experience. Yeah, miss pull fire. the trigger, misfire. Yeah. But Nick wanted to be writing in his dream journal. Yeah. Rubbing his ankles together in bed. He was probably was playing it, hunting on Xbox. No, I was, I was <laughs> filling out my dream board for next year. Yeah. There you or go. my vision board, I mean. Just full of boners. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we uh, Nick and my buddy Ben showed up, helped me drag her out of the woods. And brought bush light. Yeah, had a couple celebratory bush lights. Got her back to the house, skinned out, cooked funny, tenderloins that night. Funny enough, I do have to. So I, I was online, hunting, <laughs> but I was, I, <laughs> but I was mm -hmm. with Ben online. So that's why Ben came because yeah, so you were like Tom calls and Ben's you know hears me through the headset and so I'm explaining he's like oh he picked me up oh, I'll go out with you I'm like all right sounds good Ben doesn't hunt but he's interested in hunting you know he's he's getting he there. likes to be part of it yeah he's he wants to start hunting just hasn't committed yet but he wants to be a part of it mm -hmm. um, so yeah he he came with my track for my doe came for this one with Tom and he's actually getting upset with us. He said that he used to hear stories when he was younger about tracking, and it was this huge adventure. And we're all just pretty good at killing yeah, them. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you guys, he's like, the deer's like thirty feet from where you shot it. You see it fall over. He's like, there's nothing to it. I'm like, okay, I'll admit we've had some good hunts, but it's not always this easy. Yeah, um, we have had some bad ones. But anyway, so I go to pick up Ben. He lives like five minutes down the hill or up the hill, uh, and I go to pick him up. And he comes walking out of his house with a twelve pack. And he's like, I always keep one in the garage because I just know one of you boys are going to kill. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome, buddy. So he jumps in. That's a friend there. With his 12-pack, and then we head out. Uh, I put my truck in a ditch. 
and then got my truck out of the ditch and then went and got Tom. I actually put my truck in the ditch in the driveway to the... That before you had the 12 pack. No, he had the 12 pack. I we mean, didn't open it. Yeah. Before you drank, drank the, the 12 pack. Yeah, before we drank the 12 pack. No, it was funny. So there, there's a second driveway going into this farm and it's, it's not much of a driveway. It's just like a drain tile and yeah. then you can drive over it. But because of all the snow, it was just... Couldn't see it. You couldn't see where the driveway was, but I could see where Tom had walked. So like, I see some footprints and I'm like... <laughs> That's the spot. I'm like, we're just going to center it over his footsteps. Hopefully he didn't cut the corner, you know. He did. Um, <laughs> oh, so now you blame this on me. I'm not blaming it on you. I'm just telling you what happened. And I, I audibly told Ben, as I'm like backing into the driveway, I said, man, I hope I don't go into the ditch. Ba-boom. Boom, right in front. Like, I, I got over it with my first tire, like my rear tire, my back, or my front tire went in. Um, I mean, it was, nothing happened. I literally just put it in four, pulled out, and it was fine. Um, Never pull out. Yeah, some say that. Anyways, that's how you end up with an S10 out of your Sierra. So, it's a baby truck. <laughs> it's a baby truck. It's a dumb joke. That was, <laughs> terrible. that was a terrible joke. Remember when you said we didn't edit podcasts? You should edit well, that one. edit that one. Right yeah. We don't want people thinking you're that stupid. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of known for some dumb jokes on here, so <laughs> let you keep that one. Do you even like process it no. in your head like real quick? Like, should I say this? Yeah, it okay. just flies out. He sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's not. Usually not. But hey, Nick just rolls with it. We yeah. have a good time laughing at how stupid they are. Yeah. So as long as you get the laugh, it's all good. Yeah. The goal was a laugh. It yeah. wasn't how you got the laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Laughing at you or with you? Who cares? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we made it up to Tom. Tom had already drug it out of the swamp and up the hill. So we were, it was all easy from there. Cracked open a bush latte and just had a good old time. Heck yeah. Uh, and then actually Tom decided that we were going to sample that night. So I, uh, I broke out the grill and the cast iron, did some uh, beautiful butter-basted back straps they were delicious they sound like it mm. tough mm. to beat that mm. tasty um it's a good time yeah yeah and we still got a little bit more flintlock season to go nick and i are actually going to camp so yeah next I, week yeah um if you've been listening for a few weeks we just had an episode with um the weaver brothers uh they spent a couple weeks up in alaska with um uncle frank doing some brown bear hunting um, they had a great time. I obviously enjoyed camp with everybody mm-hmm. so much that they're like, hey, come to our camp. Yeah. We're going to have a good old time there, flintlock season. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a, um, a, any more deer tags. Still come so, hang out, though. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go it, for the party. Dad's laid up with his knee, and he's going down, so you two can just hang out at camp and drink and yeah. make breakfast for us, and we'll go out hunting. I can say this now because I doubt Tim will listen, but I picked up a whole handle of Rich and Rare. There you go. Um, which, unless... Unless you've been yeah, to Alaska, you, you don't, don't get it. <laughs> um, Rich and Rare is the finest of native whiskeys. Yes. Um, and I, I guess that's all they could get their hands on or whatever when they were up there. Because they, they yeah. like Four Roses. Um, but I should have gotten a bottle of Four Roses and put Rich and Rare in it. That would have been funny. <laughs> so I actually had to drive like two hours to get a bottle of Rich and Rare. Because they don't even sell it here in PA. That's wild. Um, that's commitment. Yeah, your dad was like, you got to drive. He's like, you got to, you have to be willing to work for fine, uh, <laughs> what did he, spirits. Yeah, fine, fine spirits. spirits. Yeah. Um, that's funny. So that'll be fun. I got some deer bologna I'm going to bring. and Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be a, that'll be a good couple days of hunting. Yeah. I wish you could, 
like I, I I nah, I guess it doesn't really work out that way. I was gonna say I wish you could still like carry a gun, but for, for what? what? More protection, but like because like I know that there's bears down there, and like obviously bears don't charge, but like I wish I could at least carry a pistol. Yeah. Um, but uh, your dad did say I am. I do want to check the book. Um, before I like announce that this is what I'm doing, uh, but your dad did say that I can participate in the hunt as long as I'm not armed. Yes, because I had a hunting license. Yes, correct. Um, so, like I said, before I announce officially that that's what I'm doing on here, I am going to check the game book. <laughs> um, and it's a fictional podcast, anyway. So yeah, it's all made up. Yeah, it's all a bunch of stories. We're all in our mid fifties. Pretending to be young guys. Yes. I've never hunted a day in my life. <laughs> this is all made up. Like, that's actually why we're not going live with videos. Yeah. Because we don't actually, we aren't who we say we are. Can you imagine? We should all, like, for the first, like, 10 episodes live, just wear, like, hoods. Just, like, blacked out. Keep our identities hidden. We post pictures all the time. Those could be stock photos. Could be stealing content like everybody did from us the past couple weeks. Yes, that is true. A little hot about that. Hey, it's one of them things. When you, when you get like this... You start to get famous, yeah. Yeah. People just start stealing your shit. That was one thing I guess I wasn't prepared for. As like a bunch of guys that know nothing about social media mm -hmm. and having a video just randomly pop off like it did. Never in a million years did I think we would have to worry about people stealing our content. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we started the White Cat page is literally just a place for us three to post our hunting stuff for each other. Yeah. And that's all it was. Mm -hmm. And then for somebody to think our content is cool enough to steal to it, to steal it as their own, like four or five of you MFers <laughs> out there, um, whatever. I mean, it's cool, I guess. Yeah, you do you, Scotty P. Yeah, or you can go out and get your own content. Yeah, that's one thing I've pride ourselves in. We everything we do is us, all original. It's all good stuff, even mm -hmm. our intros. Yeah. So, um, with that note, I guess thanks for you two sticking around for the last three years doing this and being so dedicated. We've had very few absence mm -hmm. between you two and valid reasons for every single one. Yeah. It's it, there's never been a week where it's like mm, just don't feel like doing it. It's like there's yeah. always either Frank's in Alaska, Tom's getting work done on the farm. Um, someone's hunting, someone yeah. killed something. Yeah, so, there's always been a valid excuse that pertains to what we do Yeah. Um, for their absence. So, you know, I, I don't fault anyone with that. So thank you guys for that. Um, hope to continue it for much longer. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope you guys all keep tuning in um, and sticking with our message that we... And congratulations oh. on your deer, Tom. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I didn't want to... Have Nick almost, close it out before we... I, was say, I almost had the perfect closing. You screwed all that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like, totally screwed up. <laughs> it's, all, it's gone now. It's all, it's all bad. It was going to be perfect. Just say uh, what you were going to say. I didn't I, want Tom I, to feel... No, it was so organic and it was coming out perfect. You know, like there was no pesticides or anything on it. Um, but now it's all sprinkled with congratulations. And <laughs> uh, No, I just uh, appreciate everybody listening and... For our or for the support you guys have given us the last three years, um, and I hope that you guys keep continuing to follow our message, which is get outside. 